Hi, I'm Riley Daniel, and welcome to The Next Generation Voter, the only podcast of the next gen, by the next gen, for the next gen. On today's episode, I'll be taking a look at three cases argued in front of the Supreme Court this month that have the potential to completely change the legal rights given to the LGBTQ plus community. These three cases are all based on the interpretation of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which states that it is illegal to discriminate against any individual with respect to his compensation, terms, conditions, or privileges of employment based on such individual's race, color, religion, national origin, or sex. That vagueness of the last restriction, sex, is what has led to these cases. In the first case, Altitude Express v. Sarda, an employee who worked at a skydiving company alleges that he was fired because of his sexual orientation. He told the lower courts that he would tell women that he was a homosexual in order to quash any feelings of discomfort they may have of being strapped to a man for a tandem jump. He believes that he was fired for his openness about his sexuality. However, the company contends that he was fired after a woman alleged that he sexually harassed her during a tandem jump. In order to save time, the court combined arguments in this case with those of Bostock v. Clayton County. In that case, a man by the name of Gerald Bostock had been working as a child welfare services counselor for the county. Before he had come out as gay, Bostick had consistently received rave reviews for the way he had done his work. However, in 2013, after Bostick began to participate in a gay recreational softball league, he began to experience harassment at work. Numerous colleagues disparaged him based on his sexuality and the fact that he participated in this gay league. Around this time frame, he was informed that his financial work was being audited by the county, something that seemed suspicious to him. As a result of this audit, Bostick was fired for conduct that was allegedly unbecoming of his employees. However, based on the statements his colleagues gave him and those of his supervisors, it seems likely that this audit was just used as a pretense to, f- to fire him based on his sexuality. On his appeal with the 11th Circuit, Bostick was denied who, as the circuit contended that sexual orientation was not protected under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The final of the three cases related to Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act that the Supreme Court heard recently was Harris Funeral Homes v. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. In this case, the issue at debate is not whether the term sex covers sexual orientation, but rather whether it covers gender identity. Amy Stevens, the plaintiff in this case, was born as Anthony Stevens, a male, and she presented that way for the majority of her life. However, she identified internally as a woman, and as being forced to present as a man due to the pressures of society and its inability to accept her as a woman, drove her almost to the point of suicide. Something that I found surprising is that being driven to the point of suicide is not surprising for people who are transgender. In fact, around 40% of transgender adults today attempt to commit suicide. As she began transitioning, because she realized after that she couldn't live as a man anymore, she quickly found herself terminated from her job. According to her boss, Thomas Rust, she was fired for violating the dress code for men. However, she contends that this is sex discrimination because she is being treated differently based on her gender and the fact that she is not conforming to the sex-based stereotypes of men and is instead challenging them. Unlike most cases that reach the current Supreme Court, 
None of these cases seem cut and dry in how the Supreme Court will rule. In Zarda's case, it seems likely to me that the court will reject his case not on legal grounds, but on procedural grounds, mainly the fact that he has no proof it was his sexuality and not the sexual harassment claims that were the major cause of his firing. They like to do this if they don't have to make a major controversial decision and can rule on smaller grounds, the court will do this if at all possible. As for the other two cases, I honestly have no clue how the justices rule. The interesting thing about these cases is that on the surface, you would expect to see a 5-4 vote in favor of the defendants, similar to the decision in Masterpiece Cake Shops, where the court ruled that a proprietor had the right to refuse to bake a cake for a gay couple on religious grounds. However, two of the five conservatives who ruled in the majority in that case, Neil Gorsuch and Clarence Thomas, believe in the textualist judicial philosophy. This means that they make their decisions not based on how the law is viewed through the lens of modern society, but instead only looking at the text of the law. In this case, an argument can be made that through this specific lens, LGBTQ rights are protected under law, even though supporting those rights is not something that the two conservative justices are seemingly known for. Liberal Justice Alana Kagan seemingly jumped on this argument. She pointed out that Stevens would not have gotten fired for wearing what she wore if her birth certificate said female. And if Bostick was a woman who was attracted to men, he would not have been fired. These are both examples of sex discrimination, something rightly pointed out by Justice Kagan. In the four years since the landmark of Vergefell v. Hodges' decision, which established the right of same-sex marriage nationwide, the LGBTQ plus community has definitely advanced greatly in society. President Trump, for all his faults and the fact that he is a bastion of conservative policy, was in fact the first president to take office who actively voiced support for gay marriage. Even Obama didn't do this when he was first elected. And although they have not yet had a legal victory like the Obergefell decision yet, transgender Americans have become much more accepted in the last five years. However, if the court rules against the members of the LGBTQ community in this case, Nearly all the progress we've seen recently would be reversed. The members of the LGBTQ community are this close to achieving equality in both the mind of the people and in the mind of the law. But these three cases could return our society to the anti-LGBTQ discrimination seen throughout the 20th century. Allowing this to happen would be a travesty. And these decisions could live in infamy in the future the way decisions such as Plessy and Dred Scott are seen now. The people of the LGBTQ plus community deserve equal dignity under the law and the legal right to live for themselves, the way they see themselves, free of judgment of others. Only then will our country be the land of liberty and justice for all. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Next Generation Voter. I'm Riley Daniel, and I approve this message.